everyone, and welcome to On Air with Air Cargo World. I'm Charles Kaufman, your host and senior editor of Air Cargo World. I'm pleased to welcome our guest for today's episode, Matt Castle, who is vice president of global forwarding for CH Robinson. Hi, Matt. Hey, Charles. Matt, so there has been, uh, you know, quite a lot going on this week. It was almost to forget, uh, almost possible to forget for a moment that we're uh, in the middle of a, a pandemic. Um, I was looking, re- reviewing the numbers, and uh, you know there were another 430,000 cases r- reported globally yesterday. Um, so about 121,000 of those were in the United States. So there's there's certainly a lot of uh, enthusiasm for a vaccine or you know a, a possible cure or um, you know, method of, of treatment to to combat yeah, this this, this virus. Um, and I, I know that you and your team have been, you know, not just looking at uh, the, the potential solutions, but how how forwarding and, and logistics um, might be able to facilitate uh, the transportation and delivery for uh, some of those life-saving commodities. And so, you know, with you on the, the line today, I, I was um, I was hoping that maybe you could kind of kick it off with... Um, you know, a, a brief overview of maybe your general expectations for uh, the role of, of air freight, um, you know, when it comes to delivering this vaccine. Yeah, Charles, that's a great question. I think a good one to lead with. And I I know that's uh, on the minds of many here as we're in the midst of of peak season here as well in many parts of the world. Um, You know, I think part of the challenge is there's still a level of uncertainty around, you know, who and exactly where a vaccine will come from. Um, And, you know, I think with that, you know, at the same time, it's also important to recognize that, you know, every year there's millions of doses of vaccines that are moving, um, you know, both within the U.S. and internationally. Um, You know, there was a consultant that put out some numbers that, or had put together an an analyst um, or just had analyzed some data based on on their general um, kind of assumptions. And really what they came up with um, was about a 12% annual increase in air freight volumes from what has historically been moved. Um, And, you know, I think, you know, that certainly is going to, um, you know, add some demand. in those markets from where wherever it uh, ultimately comes from. Um, but I, you know, I think the good news is, is that, you know, as you take a step back um, and as you think about it, there are relatively established, um, you know, distribution networks that are out there um, really across all modes of transportation, depending on what those specific needs end up looking like. That's a great point you make. So it's not as if, uh, you know, with this mission, there's a, a need to reinvent the the wheel. You mentioned that there's a, a, a well-established cool chain already in place. Um, you know, when you mentioned a, a 12% annual increase in in air freight volume, that is uh, that is significant. Uh, you know, I, I guess my question, and, and really something that's on the minds of many, and I, I don't expect you to have a um, you know a, a very pr- uh, or a precise answer necessarily at this point, but 
you know, broadly speaking, is this purely an express uh, express game, or you know, will do you expect that the majority of that volume will will travel on uh, on express networks, uh, FedExes and, and UPSs, DHLs of the world that have um, you know their their own fleet, or or do you do you see uh, freight forwarders and, and other uh, links in the logistics supply chain having a, a role to play in this as well. Yeah, I I really think that there's going to be a role for just about everybody to play. Um, you know, I think, you know, outside of just kind of the word express, I think the um, the urgency of which, you know, I think every country and and every region of the world will be looking to obtain a vaccine once it works its way through approval will be there. So, um, you know, you're talking again about significant volumes of freight that need to move through the system. And so um, while I think the integrators and the express providers are going to play a very active role, um, I think you're going to see engagement from just about everybody across the supply chain. Um, and, you know, I think some of this still goes with the level of uncertainty um, around what those requirements will be um, in handling of this vaccine that comes out. Um, you know, whether it needs to move in a, in a frozen environment or if it can move in an ambient temperature environment. Um, so I think as we get more information and a better understanding, uh, I think that will absolutely determine, um, you know, how the product will move and, and those that will effectively be engaged. Yeah, you certainly, you bring up a, a good point. It's, uh, it's definitely difficult to plan when the, you know, the, Exact requirements of uh, the the commodities, um, you know, aren't aren't necessarily clear at this point. Um, but I, I guess I'm curious from from your perspective, you know, what is what is C H Robinson doing at, at this point to uh, to prepare, um, you know, in terms of looking at the existing capabilities and how those might align with, um, you know, the ability to move COVID vaccines, depending on, uh, you know, what those uh, environmental conditions for, for the, uh, transportation ultimately look like? Yeah, I think the hard, the hard part of, in any planning right now is just not knowing, again, where that vaccine is going to originate from. Uh, you, we know there's going to be global demand, um, for it. And so, um, you know, I think for the time being, really the position that we've taken is that we know that this will be, uh, a significant event when it happens. Um, and we, we know that, you know, capacity will gravitate towards um, those regions of the world. Um, and we know that it will effectively leave um, other parts of the world and their supply chains uh, perhaps a bit short. And so we're really spending a, a fair amount of time really working with many of our existing customers around planning and um, trying to make sure that um, we're putting as many contingency plans in place for them um, so that as you know more information becomes available that uh, there's a means in which we can support them. Yeah, that's certainly... Um... So I guess maybe at this point it makes sense to 
to maybe take a, a step back, I, I know that, uh, you know, I, I certainly am, am waiting for that, uh, that finished uh, product uh, in, likely in, in vaccine form to be, to be ready, um, ready for that uh, injection. But, you know, there, there are a lot of other components that go into producing uh, a vaccine and, um, you know, much of that will, will happen uh, well in advance of uh, you know, vaccine actually being ready. Uh, I'm curious, are, are some of these other commodities starting to, to show up in, in your network, uh, the, the vials and, and other um, commodities that go into vaccine production? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we've, of course, since the pandemic broke out in you know, let's say, you know, February and into March, you know, the emergence of, um, you know, personal protective equipment, PPE, um, that has continued to remain very strong. Um, and, you know, we've seen another emergence here, obviously, as you shared at the kickoff here, you know, cases are continuing to increase. Um, you know, there's, you know, ongoing immediate demand and there's efforts, I think, that are being made um, by, you know, many governments and agencies to work on continuing, you know, levels of stockpiling um, since many of those uh, volumes had been depleted um, it, during the onset. So, you know, syringes, um, you know, gloves, um, mass, you know, all of those things continue to be on the forefront um, of just about everybody's minds, and and we do see a, a fair amount of activity in that space. That does sound uh, promising. That uh, things will will align once uh, once the vaccine does become available. You, you mentioned the the PPE shipments, and I I think back to uh, to March and April when uh, you know those su supplies of those commodities were, were, you know, in, in very short supply. Uh, and when we saw the rush of, of air freight uh, shipments, um, particularly Trans-Pacific shipments to, to import masks into the United States, and but of course, globally as well. Uh, and, and we did see, you know, customs issues uh, crop up uh, in, in some areas. And I, I guess I'm, I'm curious, as we look ahead to a vaccine, that's certainly a commodity that uh, you wouldn't want to uh, to let sit on the ground for for any longer than ab absolutely necessary. Um, you know, are are you seeing any signs that um, you know customs uh, authorities are starting to uh, to think about how they might uh, handle vaccine uh, declarations? Yeah, you know, customs and, and border patrol, the CBP, um, as well as a lot of the aligned uh, partner government agencies such as FDA and USDA, um, they they have been absolutely fantastic. Um, you know, I think just in in terms of, of reacting initially to the onset of the pandemic, um, and I think where where they're at today is is in a really good place in supporting um, really just about anybody across the supply chain, whether it's customers, forwarders, um, you name it. Um, they've been very proactive with establishing direct email communication, um, and and our interactions with those, you know, sending emails, getting responses very timely has been um, really good. Um, there's phone call, there's phone numbers in terms of escalations. Um, 
and you know various different hotlines and, and webinars that they're they're putting forth. So they they've really taken a very proactive stance, um, you know, since all of this started, and um, we feel really good with where we're at um, in terms of being able to navigate, you know, whatever gets thrown at us here, um, you know, from a vaccine perspective. That's that's certainly promising uh, from the, uh, I mean, in, in the case of the United States. How about uh, global customs authorities? I mean, is there a, uh, you know, a level of cooperation that, you know, goes goes beyond what would be considered uh, normal, or um, is is that um, really not? Uh, I guess it varies significantly from from country to country. Yeah, you know, I it's not something I'm you know specifically engaged with in day to day. Um, you know, I, I definitely, you know, as I shared from a North America perspective, um, you know, the the CBP has really, you know, stepped up their game and um, you know, they're provide they've been providing us you know, really not just see it Robinson, but I think the collective industry a tremendous amount of support. Um, and I you know, I, my guess is that there is um, you know, information that's being shared, you know, from country to country. Um, but to what extent, that's not something I could necessarily uh, weigh in extensively on. No, sure. Um, I completely understand. And I'm glad to hear that the, the CBP is, is um, being proactive on, on that front. So I, I guess at, at this point, it seems as if, uh, you know, a, a vaccine could be approved any day, hopefully, uh, sooner rather than than later, I, I guess I'm curious. What are what are your expectations for for when those approvals first uh, first come through? What are we going to see in the United States? Yeah, that's a good question. I I think um, you know there there is as I shared earlier. You know, there's a sense of urgency in in you know, getting these vaccines into the hands of those that need them. Um, you know, there's been a lot of conversations around prioritizing, you know, where those vaccines are going to go. Um, you know, there's, and as I shared, you know, there's, you know, established distribution networks that um, exist within North America that have, you know, they're actively moving vaccines. And um, we know that, you know, that will be, you know, a part of the first wave, um, you know, as the vaccine comes to fruition. Um, but again, you know, the, there's a certain amount of uncertainty as far as, uh, you know, how fast the vaccine can be manufactured and um, you know, what are those restrictions when it comes to the actual transportation of those goods? Um, you know, you still have, um, you know, one of the things through some of the consultants that we've seen is in, in their engagement through the pharma industry and those that are, you know, aggressively working through the vaccines is there is an effort to try to establish manufacturing as close to, um, you know, where those goods would be consumed. Um, and so, you know, I think that will, of course, you know, have an impact to, you know, again, how the distribution of these goods would need to flow um, over time here. That's a, that's a great point to uh, you, you make. And, uh, you know, I, I think for, for now, 
uh, we're running short on, on time. I, I quite appreciate uh, your willingness to join us today, Matt, but uh, certainly in the, the coming weeks and, and, and months as this begins to unfold, um, very much look forward to, uh, to keeping in touch and, um, and, and seeing how you know, how a leading forwarder like CH is, is able to uh, support this, this critical mission. Absolutely, Charles. Thanks for having me here today. And um, we look forward to, of course, continuing the conversations. And uh, I, I know this is definitely a, a story that uh, everyone is looking to, to, to follow and, and stay connected with. So again, thank you for uh, the time here this afternoon. Indeed. Thank you. And to those of you joining us today, thank you for listening to this episode of On Air with Air Cargo World. For the latest coverage of COVID-19 vaccine logistics and other air freight news, visit us at www.aircargoworld.com.